Hello, and welcome to our weekly message. In today's message, Pastor Myron continues in our sermon series called Greater Than. This week's message is titled The Glorious Preeminence of Christ from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. When you think of some of the most influential, impactful people in all of history, who comes to mind? The eminent historian, a guy by the name of Dr. Kenneth Scott Latourette, says this or has written this about our preeminent Lord. As the centuries pass, the evidence is accumulating that measured by his effect on history, Jesus is the most influential life ever lived on the planet. Is it possible that there's some hyperbole in that statement? Friends, I think not. Ponder the earthly life and ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. There he was. He lived on a tiny sliver of land in the Middle East. Very small part of the planet. Yet his birth was so profound that two major segments in human history are divided by his birth. Before Christ and A.D. Anno Domini in the year of our Lord. Though the Lord Jesus Christ did not write a book that we know of. Through church history into the present, countless thousands upon thousands of libraries are filled with volumes about the Lord Jesus Christ. Though Jesus didn't paint a picture that we know of. He's the inspiration for art the world over. Music, paintings, sculptures. Jesus is the inspiration. And though our Lord Jesus never traveled more than about 300 kilometers. His story. The good news that the eternal son of God came into our world. Lived perfectly. Died and rose to set free from their sins all who would trust in him. His story has gone around and around and around the world many times over. This is our Lord Jesus Christ. Incredibly impactful and influential was his life on history. And as Dr. Latteret argues, Jesus was and is the most influential person to ever walk the planet. Friends, I agree with that. This morning as we continue in our greater than teaching series from the book of Colossians, I invite you to take your Bible or on your device and find Colossians 1, 15 to 23, as we study this morning one of the great Christological passages in the New Testament. Now thinking of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is greater than and the most influential life ever to walk planet earth, friends, that makes me think of our First of four ministry values here at Harvest. And it says this. Ministry value number one. Devotion to Jesus. Jesus Christ is central to God's purposes in the world. And must be central in the life of individual believers in our church. This is our passion. That we would know Jesus more and more. Bring him greater and greater glory. And experience more and more of who we are in him. So who then is this Lord Jesus? Who's the most influential person to walk planet earth? And whom we're passionate to have as central to our lives. And our church faith community here at Harvest. The Apostle Paul in this passage of scripture answers that question. Four things that I see in these verses. About the glorious Lord Jesus Christ who is the preeminent one. And here's the first. Jesus reveals the Father. Our Lord Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. God incarnate. And he revealed, reveals God the Father. Look at verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God. 
the firstborn over all creation. Verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. There are some cool words there that are worth a second look for us. Focus first of all on the word image. In the original it's the word icon. On your computer desktop you've got icons. They come from that Greek word. The word icon comes from the Greek word icon. It's sort of the same word and it means exact copy. Do we understand what the Apostle Paul is saying here as the Spirit of God inspired him? He's saying that the Lord Jesus Christ is the exact copy of God the Father. The Lord Jesus Christ has revealed God the Father to us. God is invisible. But Jesus revealed him. So if we wonder, what is God like? Study the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Read about him in the Gospels. If we wonder, how would God act? If he came down to planet earth, what would that look like for him? Study the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate. He reveals the Father to us. He's the exact copy of the Father. As verse 19 puts it, everything that makes God God is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is God incarnate. And as God incarnate, the Lord Jesus Christ has revealed to us the Father. There's a second word there worth looking at. It's the word firstborn. It says the son is the firstborn over all creation. Don't get the idea that the word firstborn there speaks of chronology. As in Jesus had a beginning. There was a time when he wasn't and then he was born. That's not what that's talking about. The Lord Jesus Christ is the eternal son of God. The word firstborn there means priority. It means preeminence. The Lord Jesus Christ is the preeminent one over all creation. He is the glorious, one and only, eternal Son of God who reveals to us the Father. Friends, do we want to know God? Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are brought into relationship with God the Father, and we come to know God personally. Now, reflecting on Jesus revealing the Father to us, and through faith in the Lord Jesus, getting to know God personally, this is so important. Because when we choose to turn from our sins and turn in faith to Jesus as the only one who could rescue us from our sins, it's not just that we come into a body of truth. Yes, we do. We come into truth that's reflected in God's word about the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's more than that, right? Because we are brought into, restored to, relationship, friendship with Almighty God. And that makes a huge difference. When we are in Christ Jesus by faith, we know the God of glory. And that makes innumerable differences for every follower of Jesus by faith every day. How many of you have been to the Bay of Fundy? Have you been to the Bay of Fundy? When our guys were younger, we as a family, we drove to eastern Canada and we went to the Bay of Fundy and from the Brunswick side, we spent a day in the Bay of Fundy. It is truly phenomenal. I mean, if you've been there, you know what it's like. I mean, top picture, that's low tide. Bottom picture, that's six hours later. The tide there rises 15 meters, or about 50 feet. The biggest tides on the planet happen in the Bay of Fundy. 
It's truly amazing and something to watch. And again, it happens in about six hours. I think of the power of the tide to pick those fishing boats off the bottom and out of the muck and raise them up as the tide comes in. Friends, I think of knowing God personally then and the might of Almighty God that is at work and in operation in our lives. What about the tide of God's grace? Which when we through faith in Jesus know God personally, it lifts us up. Our lives are lifted by the grace of God. And if you're in Christ Jesus by faith right now, whether you perceive it or not, your life is being lifted by the glorious grace of Almighty God. He is pouring his strength and encouragement and hope into your lives. Amen? I mean, this is the truth of God's mercy to us in Christ Jesus. When we are in Christ Jesus by faith, our lives are lifted by the strength of God who never intended for us to try and manage life on our own. What's more, we can't. But the grace of God, his presence in our lives, enables us, strengthens us, fills our hearts with hope and joy in the joyful times of life where it's compounded. And strength to take on life's challenges were lifted by the grace of God. Paul says, remember this about the glorious preeminent one, our Lord Jesus Christ. He reveals to us the Father. And it's through the Lord Jesus Christ who is God incarnate that we're restored to relationship with Almighty God. Here's a second thing that Paul says about the Lord Jesus. Jesus rules the universe. Jesus rules the universe. Verse 16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him, verse 17, he, the Lord Jesus, the preeminent one, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Of this Lord Jesus who reveals the Father, who is almighty God in a human body. Of this Lord Jesus who rules the universe. The verses say three things about Jesus who rules the universe. Jesus is the power of creation. Why is something here instead of nothing? It's because, as the verse noted, the Lord Jesus Christ has created it. He spoke it into existence. Back in the day, there was a guy by the name of Thomas Huxley. Thomas was a fanboy for Charles Darwin. He was a close friend of Darwin, and he was a major cheerleader. And to the extent that he was not only Darwin's friend, but argued strongly for the tenets of Darwinian evolution, this guy nevertheless, when it came to the end of his life, said this as he reflected in evolution. It appears to me that the scientific investigator is wholly incompetent to say anything at all about the first origin of the material universe. When it came to his deathbed, the guy reflected on the whole evolution gig, and he said, wait a minute, none of us is qualified to comment on why something is here instead of nothing. Friends, on the authority of God's word, let me declare to you today why that's the case. It's because our king created it. Amen? That's why it's here. Jesus is the power of creation. 
Jesus is the purpose of creation. In the last part of verse 16, what does it say? All things have been created through him and for him. For his purposes. For his great glory. That's Jesus' purpose in creation. That his name would be honored and lifted high. The preeminent one. It's all about Jesus. Now everything in the universe and everything in history is moving towards a point in time in which Jesus Christ is crowned King and Lord and everybody knows it. It's all moving in that direction. It's all about him. It's all about bringing glory and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. Frankly, I can't wait for that day. Even so, come Lord Jesus. But Jesus is the power of creation. He's the purpose of creation. And Jesus is the preserver of creation. Come back to this verse, the 17th, where Paul writes these words. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Anyone here this morning kind of prone to motion sickness? There are a few of you, okay, reach for the air sick bag right now. Why? You're spinning at 1,600 kilometers per hour. You're traveling around the sun at 107,000 kilometers per hour. I mean, we're on the move in this very moment. You know what the Apostle Paul argues? He says that when it comes to our solar system, to the galaxy, to the universe... Even as it all functions, it is sustained by and held together by our Lord Jesus Christ, who is king over everything. He's over it all. Jesus is the glue of the galaxies. Take the speed of light. 300,000 kilometers per second. If you had a flashlight that you could use to shine all the way around the world, in the time that it would take you to turn your flashlight on and turn it off, the light would have traveled around the planet seven times. The light from that flashlight would also take eight and a half minutes to reach the sun, four and a half years to reach the nearest star, and there are billions of stars beyond that, and our king who created it all, manages it all, and sustains it, for our blessing and for the glory of his name. This is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the preeminent one. Now former pastor of mine. And he's retired now. longtime pastor of First Alliance here in Calgary. Wendell Grout. Pastor Grout in his book on Colossians. He argued a point that grabbed me. When I was reading it this week. He said. Why is it that humanity doesn't completely spin out of control and destroy itself? It can't be because we aren't bad enough. Yes, we are. We would have uh, within the human race on planet Earth the capability of actually wiping everybody out. We know that. He argues it doesn't happen, not because it can't, but because Jesus says it won't. He is in control. Our king reigns. He is the one who rules the universe. By his power it was created. It's for his glory. And by the glory of his might, he preserves it. 
Who is Jesus? He reveals the Father. He rules the universe. And Jesus resides over the church. Verse 18. And he, the Lord Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. Our Lord Jesus Christ is the head of the church. It was through his sinless life, his death on the cross and resurrection, that the church was born. And Jesus is the inspiration. He's the source of strength for the church. He gives us wisdom and direction. He resides over the church. No pastoral staff, no board of elders, no lead pastor is the head of the church. Our king is the head of the church. Absolutely he is. Okay, friends, here's a public service safety announcement. Be very careful about getting in an automobile because 20% of serious accidents happen in cars. But don't stay home either. Because 17% of accidents happen in the home. But if you go for a walk, be careful there too. Because on the sidewalk or when you're crossing the street, 16% of accidents happen in that way. But if you travel by air or water or rail, you still have to be careful. Because 16% of serious accidents happen uh, via those modes of transportation. On the other hand... Only 0.001% of fatal accidents happen at church. So come to church, you can save your life. <laughs> when we seek the face of the Lord Jesus together in worship, here in our auditorium, for those who have joined us online, I mean, this is not a passive experience. Because our King is present by His Spirit, Amen. You know what that means? He's at work in our lives in this very moment by his spirit to raise up in us the glorious character of Christ. He's at work. He's our source. I mean, he's our strength. He's our strength. We talked about that. Jesus reveals the Father and the strength of God is at work in our lives. And Jesus rules the universe so even when our lives maybe feel like they're spinning out of control, remember he's the one who sustains it all. And if he can manage the universe, he's able to manage our lives and circumstances True. And Jesus, Jesus resides over the church. And he is the one at work by his Holy Spirit in our lives, in grace, in love, in persistence. To increasingly see to it that our lives reflect the beautiful character of the Lord Jesus Christ. At Harvest, we want to make sure that Jesus is at the center of our lives in everything that we do. He is our source. Finally, Jesus rescues the sinner. Jesus rescues the sinner, verse 20. Let's actually pick it up with 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him... And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death 
to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you have heard and that's been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Come back to verse 20. Focus on the word peace. The Lord Jesus Christ by his cross, by his shed blood, has made peace. Now, there are just so many people that would do anything, would go anywhere, would almost spend any amount of money for a day of genuine peace. How do we come by genuine, authentic peace? I know we could go to Hawaii. I've got a picture. Does that not say tranquility? Does that not say peaceful? Beautiful Lanakai Beach on the island of Oahu. Four years ago, something weird happened in the Hawaiian Islands. You maybe remember it. I remember talking to my friend about it who lives there. Four years ago, Hawaiian civil defense made a colossal mistake. And they sent out a message, a push update to every Hawaiian person on the islands. And the push update on their cell phone said this... Ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Now, in talking to my friend, he gets the push update and he said, you know, I, I read it and I thought about it. And your mind starts going. Because if that's happening, the missiles are going to land in your part of the world in 20 minutes. What do you do? He said, well, I, I listened. I didn't hear first responder sirens. It didn't seem right to me. The Air Force wasn't in the air. It just, it just didn't feel like it was real. But then he also said, by at the time I was done thinking about it, three minutes were gone. Now I have 17 minutes left. <laughs> what do you do in 17 minutes if that's going to happen? He said, you don't do anything. <laughs> I mean, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Now, it was an epic mistake. The message was released in error, but apparently, even in Hawaii, it's not all aloha all the time. Friends, peace is not a place. Peace is a person. And his name is Jesus. Paul strongly argues in these verses that because of Christ's perfect once-for-all sacrifice in the cross... The eternal Son of God willingly gave himself for us on the cross of Calvary. By his shed blood, all who confess their sins and turn to him in faith as their only Lord and Savior by God's grace in Christ, we are born again of the Spirit of God. And we are restored to peaceful relations with Almighty God previously because of our sins and God's great holiness. We were at enmity with God. But when we are in Christ Jesus by faith, by God's grace, we are restored to a relationship of peace and friendship with Almighty God. And, as Paul says, we're reconciled. We're restored to that which God has created us for. And that is to be in relationship with Him. Yes, the preeminent one. The most influential person to ever walk the planet, our Lord Jesus Christ. He rescues and sets free every sinner who turns in faith to him. This is the truth of the gospel. Amen? 
Now, this symbol that's common to us in mathematics, the greater than symbol. It's actually 400 years old. I just learned that. The greater than symbol is 400 years old. A British mathematician, a guy by the name of Thomas Harriot, 400 years ago, he came up with the idea, started using it, and there you go, we're using it to today, the greater than symbol. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the preeminent one, who is our Savior, our sanctifier, our healer, our coming king, he's been greater than for a lot longer than 400 years. Do you know him by faith? And if you do, and there's a place in your life for him, then friends, given the glory of our king, is he in your life prominent or is he preeminent? May he be King and Lord to each of us who name his name here this morning. Let's pray. King Jesus, in some small way this morning from this glorious passage of Scripture, we reflect on something of your awesome greatness. And our hearts are gripped by who you are. Thank you that you would be filled with such love for us that you would come into this world, that you would step out of all that was rightly yours in heaven to come into this sinful world to rescue us by your life and perfect sacrifice. We're humbled. And in a world that's kind of just so crazy in this season in which we're living and marked by so much uncertainty, thank you that our king reigns. And thank you that this leadership and reign comes right down to our lives. Grant, Lord Jesus, by your spirit, that your people at harvest in these days would live in yieldedness, unreservedly, to the one who is King and Lord, the preeminent one, our Lord Jesus Christ. This for the glory of your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly message. Jesus is greater than. In this week's message, we're reminded that Jesus reveals the Father. He rules the universe. He resides over the church. And he offers rescue for you and for me. Because Jesus is greater than, we're able to receive him as our Lord and Savior and experience the life we were created to live. A life lived in peace, in relationship with our God. If you're experiencing challenges or hardships, and you'd like prayer for anything going on in your life, or if you'd like to learn more about how you can begin a relationship with Jesus, please email help at hhachurch.com. That's help, H-E-L-P, at H for Harvest, H for Hills, A for Alliance, church, C-H-U-R-C-H, dot com. And we'd love to talk with you and pray with you and help you experience all that is available to us in Christ Jesus. Now these words from 1 Timothy 1.17. All honor and glory to God forever and ever. He is the eternal King, the unseen one who never dies. He alone is God. Amen. May God bless you as you go into the remainder of your day. Be the hands, feet, and voice of Jesus.